This episode has been brought to you in part by Canderell and Kingset Capital. Coming soon, affordable luxury condominium living at 908 St. Clair West. Nestled into a vibrant, one-of-a-kind neighborhood, 908 St. Clair West is a modern treasure, offering a sophisticated lifestyle inspired by St. Clair Village and prestigious Forest Hill. Register today at 908stclairwest.com. It's hard to believe that this is 2022 in Toronto, in Canada, um, and in this case, in a neighborhood, Bathurst Manor, home to sort of Toronto and Canada's uh, Holocaust survivor community and the Canadian Society for Yad Vashem's Holocaust Remembrance Memorial. That's Michael Levitt, the president of the Friends of Simon Wiesenthal Centre in Canada, reacting to the announcement Tuesday of a series of anti-Semitic incidents that are now under investigation by Canada's largest public school board. The Toronto District School Board has confirmed these happened last week in schools in heavily Jewish neighbourhoods. At Charles Best Middle School, a Jewish teen was targeted. His classmates gave the Nazi salute and said Heil Hitler, while in another case, somebody built a swastika out of small blocks and then joked about it directly at him. According to the TDSB, the students involved are facing consequences, but no details have been released. In a second incident at Ledbury Park Elementary and Middle School, a teacher has been sent home after reports they equated COVID vaccine passports with the yellow stars which Jews had to wear during the Holocaust. Officials say the timing of these incidents is not surprising, as these symbols have been widely shared in the news and on social media, particularly now with protests going on across Canada by truckers. It's just testament to the issue that we're seeing right now of images um, like swastikas, yellow stars, um, other forms of kind of Nazi propaganda and hate appearing um, not just in person, like in our schools, but also so much of it is happening online. We know that it's happening on gaming platforms. We know it's happening in social media spaces. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, February the 9th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Nearly identical letters were sent home to the parents at both Toronto public schools this week, outlining what had happened and regretting the incidents, and promising to bring in special Holocaust educators to teach about anti-Semitism and Holocaust denial. The fact that these are coming to light just a week or so after International Holocaust Remembrance Day is significant because the board just provided a special program on January 27th with a film and workshops for all grade 4 to 8 students across the system. The latest incidents also come as the board tries to move forward from nine months of controversy about how it handles Jewish issues, including the Middle East crisis that saw a Jewish trustee, Alexandra Lulka, narrowly avoid censure for speaking out about anti-Israel and anti-Semitic teaching materials circulated during the spring war between Israel and Hamas in May of 2021. Coming up, we'll hear from the board spokesperson, Shari Schwartz-Maltz, about what more they can realistically do about the spike in anti-Semitism they've been seeing since the start of the school year in September. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Ophira Kaloff in Toronto, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. 
A private member's bill called Kira's Law has been introduced in the House of Commons that would give judges more training about domestic violence. The inspiration for the bill was Kira Kagan, a four-year-old from Thornhill, Ontario, who died along with her father two years ago today at the base of a hiking trail. The parents had been in a custody battle, and although Kira's mother had asked the courts to reduce the father's access privileges because she was afraid for her child's safety, that was not done. The new bill would also have those accused of committing an offence against their intimate partner be required to wear tracking ankle bracelets. And Shari Schwartz-Maltz joins us now from Toronto. She's the spokesperson for the Toronto District School Board. Can you tell us if this happened or is this still being investigated? Just sort of walk us through what you know. So whenever an episode happens with the TDSB that's similar to this, and I would like to emphasize that it happens a lot. We are seeing swastikas at our schools pretty much weekly. Um, we don't just, you know, report it and write a letter about it and discipline the kids. It's got to go a lot further than that. And there's a recognition from the board as a board that there's a need for education. And I'm happy to be able to, through the work of, of our Jewish Heritage Committee, through the work of our community partners, bring that education into the affected schools. And let me tell you that we are so busy. Right now, we're just doing reactive, right? I would love to do more proactive, but because there's so many episodes, we're doing a lot of reactive. And what is that reactive? This year, we're, we're honored to work with Michelle Gleed Goldstein and her amazing foundation, Caring Holocaust Testimony. And she tells the story of her dad. Her dad was an Auschwitz survivor, Bill Gleed, very well known, he used to speak at a lot of schools. And she tells her dad's story through this beautiful combination of uh, video testimony and um, audio recordings. Uh, it's about a 45 minute Zoom presentation. She's done it at probably 40 of our schools uh, since the beginning of the year. And that's all in response to eight episodes at our schools. It's a 45 minute um, presentation and then she opens it up for kids to ask questions. Um, we've sort of customized it a little bit. So now we have a whole module on what is the swastika? What does it mean? Because kids don't know what it means, right? And why is it hurtful? What did it, you know, what is it, how does it impact not only Jewish people, but non-Jewish people? Because it has become a universal symbol of hate. And so Michelle has been doing this in our schools, again, since the beginning of the school year and very positive reception. I think it's affected a lot of kids and it ends with a note of compassion and understanding. That's really what we need to do. Because when we bring kids in, you know, when we bring kids in and we say, why did you use those words? And or why did you draw that? Nine times out of 10, they say they just didn't know. And here's another thing. When you watch television, you look at television news, as we've been doing lately, and you watch demonstrations and you see people unfurling flags with Nazi insignia, normalizes it, right? Kids watch news, kids watch social media. So if it's normal, if it's normal in downtown Toronto, why can't I use it? Um, so were the kids who did this in a particular grade? Uh, do you know what grade it was? How, how? How much do you know about it? And I believe are they... it was it was grade it's either seven or eight. I believe it was grade eight. And were they expelled, suspended, anything? 
So I can't, you know, obviously I can't talk about discipline of particular students and I won't talk about it, but um, they face consequences. And I get that question a lot. What were the consequences? They get consequences. But here's what's more important than consequences is teaching them why it was wrong. You can consequence them all they all you want, but if you don't explain to them what it is that you did and the impact it had on those kids and everybody else that, was, that were exposed to it, then what have you done? You haven't done anything. You just punish them. So we believe and we are doing programming in the schools because we have to. Punishment is not enough. Discipline is not enough. Consequences are not enough. Education is way more important. Last week, this happened. The week before, the same age group had a program, which you told me about, which we reported on, about, you know, the Torah, the, the little Torah. Uh, was, that school, was that school part of this? They did. I mean, we offer every January 27th, International Holocaust Remembrance Day, the board is very open to the programming that the Jewish Heritage Committee puts out. And we put out central programming for anybody to use, like grade six and up. Actually, Tattoo Tour is one of the few resources for younger kids. And it's not easy to find um, Holocaust resources for younger kids. And that started from grade four and up, the Tattoo Torah. So that's why I'm asking, because they just yeah, had I mean, some a wonderful, wonderful program. It made yes. me... You know, I was so happy to talk about it. And then yeah. a week later, this happens. Like, how do you put your head around it? How do you navigate this? There's a lot of news on right now. And like, I can't pinpoint to you why exactly it happened and the timing around it. All I know is what I'm seeing for the past two years, which is that it's gotten worse. It's pretty bad. And um, in conversations with kids, again, after the fact... We're hearing about video game usage. We're hearing about social media. We're hearing hearing about, no, they don't use the word normalize because I see it on the news. So it's, but we're using that word. So I think it's a combination of all of that. We can provide the programming and teachers are, are pretty receptive to using it. We don't, I don't have analytics yet of how many people downloaded the Tattoo Torah, but I will tell you two years ago when we ran the program, 14,000 teachers downloaded the TDSB. That's unbelievable. We have 250,000 kids at the TDSP, right? A lot of kids. So we have to keep going. We have to keep doing it. It's important to keep going and keep doing it. Lastly, do you know if the perpetrators were Jewish as well? I don't know that. But you'd be surprised. We've had situations, I've seen situations where, very rare, but there have been situations where the drawing, there has been a drawing of a swastika um, and again, it comes from when, when asked, the answer is, I just didn't know what it was, right? The war was 76 years ago. And I think those of us that care so deeply about this and Holocaust education are very aware of how much we have to, I know we hate this word, but pivot. How, how have we traditionally taught Holocaust education in public schools? Survivor testimonies, right? Survivor came in. There's nothing like listening to a survivor, right? We honor them. Um, we, their presence honored us because they told their story and that humanized it. Well, sadly, we, we don't have that many left, right? So it's up to the next generation. It's up to my generation, your generation, to make sure that we tell the stories of our parents and grandparents um, and that we keep it alive. 
right? We keep it alive and that we ensure the continuity of Holocaust education. And that's not so easy. That's not so easy. What happened today, what's been happening for the past few months, tells us that we just can't stop. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Dave Fingret in Millbrook, Ontario. And we'll end today with a note that today's show is the first of a two-part story. Tomorrow, you'll hear from the actual Jewish teenager who was targeted at one of the schools and from his parents, who are unhappy with how the whole story escalated without their consent. I'm going back to school tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. I probably just want everything to blow over, right? The kid that did it apologized. He feels yeah. super guilty. That's the most they can do. Yeah. Yeah. This was not this kid's intention, right? Like it was, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been blown out of proportion. This was not the response that we wanted. Mm-hmm.